Hey, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and you're listening to Chris's Comics. Welcome to another episode of Chris Comics. My name is Chris, and this is a podcast about comic books. With me, as always, is punk rock pirate time lord, Mr. Jay Bidette. At one metres. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) At 1.5 metres. 1.5 metres. Even safer than it should be. Yes, we're back together in person in the Nerd Cave studio. It feels good to be back, doesn't it, man? Yeah, considering that we've made a New Year's resolution that we would do a lot more of these, maybe bi-weekly or something... And then China happened and decided that we weren't doing that. And then we tried to do one over... Well, we've done a couple of ones on Skype, but the last one just didn't happen, did it? It was a real shame. Um, the public won't have heard the last episode at all because it was just unlistenable. Like We did a really good like two-hour episode um, on Lock and Key comparing the comic book to the TV show and along with all the news and stuff that yeah, we normally do along with all our regular stuff and it finished and I was like you know what that was one of our best episodes <laughs> and I, I listened to it afterwards I was like oh shit we can't we can't release that because well they can't even listen to it now it, you just tried to yeah. show me what was wrong and it won't even play now it it's was that just bad. hiccuping so bad like if you if you've heard the, the last episodes we did over Skype there was a slight audio you know quality downgrade there because it was hiccuping all the time but on this new one we did it was just unlistenable the whole thing was just like like we're going through a tunnel so hopefully this is a much better quality and you'll be able to enjoy our dulcet tones in there and who else got missed off from that okay so yeah shout out to chris runyon and he is a listener of the podcast and he works at the united states army in um, a base in, uh, is it Japan? Just let me see. Zama Kanagawa. Yes, Japan. So he he works out at an army base. So we've got a fucking army vet listening to the show, which I thought was cool as hell. Um, And it kind of gives me a bit of motivation to keep going when we've got people like that listening. I think it's fucking awesome. Um, So yeah, shout out to Chris. And he said he was a fan of Lock and Key. Uh, which is why we kind of featured him in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, keep, uh, thanks for listening, dude. And we'll we'll keep doing them, even just for you, if you're the only one listening. Yeah, like, uh, and just to give you a, a quick roundup, to condense that two hours into a couple of sentences. I thought Lock and Key was pretty good, but it had like some things that didn't make sense. For example, someone gets murdered in the house, and the next day the crime scene doesn't exist and the family allowed to continue living in the house. I know there's a lot of, like, suspend your belief things there, but I hate stuff like that. A, a, a real-world inconsistency. But it was entertaining and I will watch season two. What about you, Chris? What did you think? Um, I, I, I wasn't uh, the biggest fan of either the comic or the show. 
Right. Um, and that's it, really. I'll keep it And we just short lost our, our <laughs> Japanese listener. Fantastic. Right. What, okay. What so, are we doing? Back to business as usual. Um, on the show today, uh, we're going to have a Joker 80th anniversary special. We're going to go through that 100 page super spectacular from DC Comics. Me and JB have both read the same book. We've both got the same variant cover. Yeah. Uh, well, can we. The well, 1990s uh, Gabriel Del Otto variant cover. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all the different stories in that, what we liked, what we didn't, in a little bit. Um, if we've got time, we're going to talk about what else we've been reading other than that. Yeah. But first, we've got some comic book news to delve into. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first, JB? I'll go first. So this is something that you messaged me about last night, but I was kind of almost hoping you wouldn't have seen this. Because uh, I wanted to just drop it on you, but yeah, a Watchmen sequel is being made, uh, a Rorschach solo series. Uh, it's a spin-off based on the character. It's been met, but now because there's been a bit of time since this was announced, it has been met with mixed reactions. Some critics online question whether the Mass Vigilante should be the primary focus after DC announced the sequel. Others have slammed the decision to bring on Batman writer. Tom King to write the 12 uh, issue yeah. series. Yeah, now this was the first thing, and I saw it, I went, ooh, Rorschach, oh, Tom King. That was my gripe as well. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Then I saw Tom King's name attached and thought, is he the right person for this? Mm-hmm. You know, if it was Jeff Johns, I'd be like, yeah, sound, I'm in. But then I read the synopsis, and it's it's set way after in the future, isn't it? I haven't like, read I didn't want to read anything yeah, about it. That, but but yeah, go on, go on. It's set like... You know, like, after the TV show was meant to be set, I think, like, years in the future. Okay. And I'm just like, well, it's clearly a new Rorschach, because everybody knows that's read The Watchmen. He dies at the end of He dies at the end of The Watchmen, and in Doomsday Clock, it's another another Rorschach. Yeah, so I I thought, at first glance, I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, maybe a prequel of sorts to Watchmen and delve into the Rorschach character a little bit more and maybe even go into, like... His, you know, sort of Batman esque uh, missions, you know, before Watchmen. Mm. I would have enjoyed that kind of like a, you know, a noir kind of mystery miniseries. Mm. But this idea of making him a legacy character, which Jeff Johns already did in Doomsday Clock, which worked, but then having like a third Rorschach. I don't know. It's not the same. It's Trigger's Brew. It's not the same. Yeah, do I? Do I? I also feel like Tom King's been picked because they've gone. You know who writes really good in blocks, in block paneling, <laughs> in the yeah, eight panel grid. Yeah, Tom Tom King can do like a nine nine panel. Yeah, sorry, na- nine, nine panel. Yeah, he loves that. He can write well nine panels. So let's do that. And the only reason I've kind of like I'm raising my eyebrow is I've what I've I am a bit funny about Tom King's run. I'm, I'm, I've stopped reading it. You've ground um, to a halt I've ground reading to a halt. your Batman run, haven't you? Where are you up to? I was up to... I just finished The War of Jokes and Riddles. Okay, so that was a downer for you. And you that was a downer. Um, well, you've got nightmares to look forward to on the Batcat wedding. So. Yeah, um, and then... <laughs> the only I, way's up, baby. <laughs> I, oh, I know about the two stories as well, fuck me. I then... Um, I read... I know we said we're going to talk about this later, but I'll, I'll just mention this now. I read Mr. Miracle by Tom King. I told you I bought that for a pound. Uh, and it was worth the pound. <laughs> nothing more, nothing and less. I just, I, there's, it's kind of good, and I kind of like the story, but at the same time, I kind of, 
didn't care. I think there was like a few bits where I went, I know what's going to happen here. And it happened. I was like, right, okay. Well, and the end was different. The end, there was a twist. And it was a, it was like, it was like an okay Shyamalan film. Like, it just... Is there a Shyamalan? Is there, is there such thing as an okay Shyamalan film? Yeah, um... M. Night Shyamalan? Shyamalan? It is Shyamalan. I just thought it was like... <laughs> I just questioned myself. I've, um, I feel like Googling how to pronounce M. Night Shyamalan. Glass. Shyamalan. Glass is an okay Shyamalan film. It's not brilliant, but it's okay not poor. Okay is a strong word. No, it's not poor. It's, they, it's okay. I went to cinema Samuel Jackson is mute for most of that film, and it's a waste of that actor. But, but besides that, that's what I felt. Split then, was sick. Love Split. Yeah, but to then... So, but, getting him on this like well the thing is with Tom King right you've in my opinion if you don't like Vision if you don't like Mr. Miracle they're his finest pieces of work yeah I dropped off Vision from the first book I remember I picked that up issue one got to the end went, this is garbs and you know what I mean you know people can listen back to old episodes of this podcast and I was bumming Tom King in the beginning of his Batman run I was like what is everyone talking about this is one of my favourite runs so far. I'm loving it. It's different. But it very quickly, just the wheels came off that series and Tom King kind of drove it into the ground with what, what he did with Batman. Um, mm. So I've lost confidence in him, especially with the Heroes in Crisis ending and stuff. If I see Tom King's name attached to something as bold as a Rorschach sequel, I'm not... You know, I'm not on board with it. Yeah, I was going to say, I recommended a video to you called Batman, A World of Gothic Horror, The Problems with Batman Now. And it's uh, it's by a guy called In Praise of Shadows on YouTube. It's an hour-long video, but it's one of the best. I just started watching it off the cuff. I don't know why, I think it just got suggested to me by YouTube. And it's fantastic. And one thing he does is he completely constructively says everything wrong with Tom King's run but he does not slag off Tom King. He doesn't, and he even argues at the end, Tom King should have been allowed to finish this run because there's fifty. He's like, there's fifteen issues there. They should have just let him do it, even though he's just spent about a third of that video saying everything that Tom King did, did wrong. And I, I, that's my uh, from seeing that. That's why I, I can now see all the problems with Tom King. It's all been enhanced more. I knew there was issues, and I, some of the things he talks about, I, I was like, I, I could see that. That was a problem I had. But now I can see everything. The, the curtains. It's like when the the wizard is revealed at the end of the Wizard of Oz. I can see the man behind the curtain, and it's all shite. <laughs> and I just don't want to continue the run. But the. The, the kind of guy I am, I know I will. I will just have to. You're going to have to, really. I mean, I argued with you that the Tinian run, you don't need to be caught up to jump on with that. Mm. And you don't, really, at all. The Tinian run is something completely was, different. And new. I'm enjoying detective comics, so I feel like... If you like that, then you might like the new Batman, because it's the same writer, so... Mm, yeah. It, it is very different than detective comics, though. I'll say yeah. that. He's got Deathstroke heavily involved, and... Joker's coming back bigger and badder. Well, like, the three Jokers, whenever that is. That's not got to do with um, the new the Batman run, believe it or not. That's something Jeff Johns separate entirely. It might. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the Batman run doesn't even address that. Fucking um, hell! Because what's coming in Batman is um, is it called Joker War? 
Oh, Joker War. Yeah, yeah that's something. just starting. Um, and that looks like it might be interesting. And you've got Punchline in there at the moment. You know, there's some new stuff there, so it's going to be interesting. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. News? Yeah. Any more news? Um, I did have another piece of news. I, I don't know if we did discuss this last time, but maybe maybe we did, but then the episodes lost, so we'll never know. But it was announced that... No, we couldn't have. It was only three weeks ago. Uh, Immortal Hulk will be coming to an end at issue 50. It's been announced that issue 50 will be the final one. It is... It's Al Ewing. Has he done the whole thing? Yeah, he'll do the whole thing. But he's mm-hmm. um, he's confirmed the artist. Sorry, confirmed the series is to end with issue fifty. So that's uh, Joe Bennett. Wonder why? Because that was such a hot book. Has it gone down? Or um, has the sales dipped? It must have. No. Unless they've got something big planned to restart the, the Hulk. F- back in January, Ewing told Newsroom that the finale of the series had been roughly plotted out, but it wouldn't be coming soon. Um, you. I mean, the thing is, that's fine. You know, if if someone has a vision, you know, Al Ewing clearly has had this entire story in his mind from the beginning, and he's plotted it out. Okay, this is going to end issue fifty, and then they can restart and do something new with the Hulk. You know, but, better that than stick another you know writer or drag out ideas that aren't fully thought through. You know, I mean, you say this, but if Immortal Hulk schedules at the normal way, it's been. Arriving is it monthly? Yeah, yeah. Mortal Hulk fifty will be October twenty twenty one. Right. So it's still over a year away. Yeah. So it's not really that much of a shock. He might just have gone right. I planned it out. Yeah. I want to go out with a bang, and yeah. then I want to move on with my life. He's he's writing loads. He's I'm reading um, Valkyrie. He's writing. I'm sure he's writing something else. Well, well. he's doing Empire, the new big um. Marvel event. He's co-writing that with Dan Slott. So, I mean, I've just, before we started recording, I passed this preview mag of Empire to JB and said, have a little fun through that mm-hmm. and tell me why Marvel are the best publisher yeah. around because I, I'm i not impressed with that. I mean, I read issue zero of Empire mm. and hated it. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And, I, and I'd read a bit of the, the new Avengers run um, and I still didn't know what was going on. It just seemed so confusing. And I have no interest in Empire whatsoever. It's it, yeah, the the Kree Squirrel War is an odd one. I do. It's something that I've never had an interest in. It's no. like because it can't possibly end, and it it, it it it. But it doesn't affect. It's not to do with any characters on Earth. They're all kind of like nameless people. Like the only Kree that there is is Captain Marvel, and she only recently found out she's. She's definitely half Cree. So in this event, she's going to become Carol the Accuser. I like that. Now, now funny that enough, makes sense. That uh, yeah, and funny enough, as I was reading through this, that was the one bit where I went, "Oh, I actually really, I like that." Yeah. Um, but the the main thing about this whole Empire thing is it's all revolving around Hulkling, who's a character that I discovered in Young Avengers. I think mm-hmm. that's where he first popped up. So he's basically a mix of the two. He his dad is Crane, his mum is Skrull. Is that right? His dad yeah. is Marvel. Am I right there? I think so. Um, so, so he's like a hybrid of the two, and he's like yeah, Emperor Hulkling. Yeah, I mean that's kind of interesting, but it's not enough for me I mean, to Chip give Sidarsky's a shit. Chip Zdarsky's on that it. one. Yeah, and I re- I read that preview, and you know I love Chip, but. I'm not as blind to him as I am to Tom Taylor, where I'll read everything that Tom Taylor does. Like, Chip's good, 
but he's not like you know a runaway 100% of the time well I mean there's a couple of things like I I, I, it's, I like the Cap, Captain Marvel bit what I don't like is a lot of the comics that like they're going back in style to what they used to look like back in the day like where was what well, was Captain some... America wearing like jeans yeah and Squadron <laughs> Supreme of America it's like the salesperson doesn't notice a sound specifically designed for Milton's ears. Um, but to a man who can hear a feather hit the ground in Peru, it's unmistakable. This looks like a job for Hyperion. I'm like, the thing is, like, I quite like the Squadron Supreme. Like, I'm pretty sure my first exposure to them was the miniseries spinning out Secret Wars. Um, but I like the fact that they're Marvel's version of the Justice League. I don't know, I, I like Elseworlds-y kind of takes on stuff. But again, it, do I give enough of a shit to buy it and read it? No. I mean, I'm more excited about the uh, the Spider-Man ones. So, right. The Amazing Spider-Man, they're just starting again, number one, by the looks of it. Am I right? Or is this going to be It's Empire? an Empire tie-in. So it's not, it's not right. Um, is that right? That looks like who did the... Uh, Capullo that looks like Capullo to me let me see look at it it's not though but look at like that that could be something oh like... that does look like Capullo but it's, but it's not his name uh, on it let me see see look it's them it's it's Diego oh yeah or Diego what? something Diego. very Capullo that's really Capullo yeah like, yeah I thought that was the, the same thing yeah. so there's that and uh, non-stop Spider-Man which they say like yes it ties in with what's going on but at the same time, it's self-contained. Yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll have I a mean, go with that. Yeah, I'll always, you know, entertain a new Spider-Man book. Yeah. Because it's Spidey. So, we'll but, see. But I, I, I'm not really going to jump out and buy... I mean, the, the, the Look at the checklist. List. Oh, Empire. It gives me... It, it makes my, my wallet cringe. I just... I can't find it, but it's too much. It takes up four pages. <laughs> and then you've got... Um, where, there, there it is. is. There it is. Fucking hell. How many... May alone, in May, you've got 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So you've got 18 comics in May, about 18 in June, and then 9 in July. The worrying thing is, people actually do this. Oh. Like, there are people out there that will buy every single issue of every single tie-in oh, event. Oh, Chris. L- listen, I did it, kind of, for you, you did, Convergence, Convergence and Secret Wars, but not all of them. Yeah, Secret Wars was Boshank, though. A but... big portion of them, but there are people out there that buy everything, and that worries me. That's what I'm more... That was the most exciting part. The, the back. The back saying, Null is coming. Null is a really interesting character um, that's been used now in a few... It was in Silver Surfer Black. It's in, been in uh, v- v- Venom. Venom. And I'm sure... Donny cr- Cates Venom. Donny Cates Venom. I think Donny sure Cates... Uh, created Created him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Donny just... Cates is doing Thor at the moment. And apparently that's meant to be really good. I know I really should have got... I feel like I should have got on that. But, yeah. I'm more interested in the Null is Coming thing. That, that... Well, the thing that I am most excited for now... Right. Is the news that I got when I read this free comic book day issue of X-Men. So, Free Comic Book Day this year was cancelled, as everybody knows, due to the coronavirus. Everything was cancelled, Chris. Everything was cancelled. However, all of these Free Comic Book Day books were printed, so they were like, well, how the fuck are we going to do this? We need to give these away. So, they're doing Free Comic Book Day summer, or Free Comic Book Summer. So, they're releasing about four or five 
free comic book day books every week now. So you go to your shop on a Wednesday when you pick up your weekly books and you can get your free comic book day comics there as well. So last week was the first week and I went to Liverpool with Abby and I'll tell you a bit about our story on getting our hands on our free, okay, free comics okay. first of all. So I was like, let's go to Forbidden Planet first because prior to this, I called up both Forbidden Planet and Worlds Apart and said, are you participating in Free Comic Book Summer? Oh, wait, so you called ahead? Yeah, I called ahead just okay. to make sure because, you know, I didn't know exactly what was happening. Yeah. Worlds Apart said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay. I'm shocked at okay, that. Okay, fair enough. Forbidden Planet said, oh, yeah, this is, what, this is what's happening. You know, there's five books coming out every week. Come in and get them. That's fine, you know. We don't know what's coming out yet, but, you know, we're doing it. So I was like, right, first of all, well, obviously, let's go to Forbidden Planet because I know they're, they're doing they're it doing for definite. So we walk in, and first of all, I can see behind the counter on your right when you walk in, um, they're behind the counter all laid out, like five of them. Um, so there's X-Men, uh, Power Rangers, uh, that image one that I just gave you, yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of others. And I was like, okay, so you've got to go and ask to get them. That's fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I went up and I was like, can I have um, some free comics, please? And he was like, ah, you have to buy something and then you can only choose one. I was like, well, that's bullshit. (laughs) I didn't didn't say that to the the guy, obviously, but I was like, right, okay, yeah, that's fine. Turned to Abby and went, that's bullshit. Like, what the fuck? She was like, it's fine. I want to pick some comics up anyway. So she went and, you know, picked up her, her books for the week, went to the counter. He scanned them and he was like, okay, which one do you want? You can only pick one. So she picked one that she wanted. Yeah. And walked out the store and I was like, well, fuck it. Let's just go to Worlds Apart just to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We walked into Worlds Apart. They've got all the weekly books on the wall there, along with stacks and stacks of all these free comics that you'd you'd pick up as many as you want. That's why I laughed, because I'm telling you right now, (laughs) Worlds Apart is a fantastic comic shop. The biggest problem it has is some of the staff in there just don't know what's going on, I think. And if you you work there and you're offended by that, it's probably you. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to anyone that from Worlds Apart that are listening. Yeah, you know, I, I know that they... I love the shop. I love half of you, but there's one half of your team which I just... <laughs> just you're going to get a bottle next time you go back in. Fucking, I, I'm not saying names, so if no. you're offended, it's it's you. Fuck it, so no. don't be offended. I know this is the show anyway. So anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Worlds Apart had them all set up there on the wall, stacks of them, and we just took what we wanted. You know, I got one of each. Mm. Sounds... Uh, bought something as well while I was in there. I got this um, True Believers reprint of um, issue four of Daredevil, first appearance of Purple Man. Oh, that's I was sick. curious on his origin, yeah. so I thought I mean, we'll talk about that in a second because that is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, so the issue, the free comic day issue that I'm holding in my hand is X Men, which is the one that I was looking forward to most behind the Venom Spider Man one, which comes out next week. Okay. So a DC, by the way, are pretty much non-existent in free comic day this year. They've got this really obscure Batman book that's like a looks like a kiddie Elseworlds did one. Did they do anything last year? I'm trying. Yeah, remember. they did. It was a big one because it was the year of the villain. Oh, it was. Um, but this year was meant to be a big one for DC. Five G and all that. <laughs> yeah, five G. But honestly, DC is in fucking tatters at the moment. I don't know what is going on since, since Dan DiDio left. Oh, God. I don't know what is happening with DC. But anyway, so I was excited for this X-Men book. 
new event, X of Swords, you know, I'm a mutant and proud. I just mm. gobble up anything to do with the mutants. So I was like, yeah, cool, new X-Men, I'm going to read this and find out what all this event is about. None the wiser, but, you know, about ten pages later, um, you know, it had some pretty artwork, but it didn't make me want to read the event. And right. this is Hickman. I'm like, that's weird. Anyway, as I finish the X-Men preview, mm-hmm. it finishes there, really short, not even half the book. I was like, that's weird. What else have we got in here? Because usually, like, you'll have a double cover. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's upside down. Something else. So I carry on reading. A couple of adverts for Eternals and... Uh, well, just Eternals. Um, so I get to this next page, and it's... Uh, it looks like Mary Jane, but it's actually Pepper Potts. She's speaking to Tony Stark. Some shit's going on. I'm like, oh, it's a fucking Iron Man book. This looks cool. And reading on, reading on. I mean, I want you to read this because it'll only take you two minutes. I'll pause the podcast for you to read it. But as it goes on, I'm like, holy shit. This is crazy. What is happening here? Like, some mad shit's going down. And then you get to the end and there's a double page spread saying Dark Ages. Where were you when the lights went out? A saga of the Marvel Universe, Fall 2020. Okay, okay, okay. Written by Tom Taylor. Oh. So I was like, what the fuck? That's why I loved it. So this was Marvel's publicity stunt on Free Comic Book Day. They did not announce that this event was happening, Dark Ages. Right. This was their announcement in the book. Okay. Just a little teaser. So um, I'll get you to read it. You're reaching out and trying to grab it. Chris, just give me now. Right, hang on. I'll pause. Did him out. Did him out. And you can read it. Did him um, out. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like it's going to be an Elseworlds thing. Oh. So exact. So this is basically going to be um, Tom Taylor's deceased because Marvel have seen deceased and gone. I want some of that. Tom, yeah. can you do me that, please? Okay. Okay. I'll shut up now and pause the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my reaction—it's on, it's on. Oh, my reactions what? exactly. What the foot? <laughs> yeah. oh, so for my... people that haven't read it, oh. spoilers. But it appears that Tom Taylor's just killed off Iron Man, um, at least in a spectacular him... way. Oh, at least not lobbed his foot off. Yeah. Um, just how exciting is that? I mean, I've gone from you know being looking forward to an X-Men event to this to completely not giving a shit and wanting Dark Ages right now. See, I because... don't mind. I don't mind events that happen in Elseworlds stuff because yeah. then they can have a bit more freedom. Exactly. And, and do that's... what they want and don't have to make... Because what really annoys me is when all these events like Empire, it's like, listen to this, right? Listen to this and tell me, listeners... Does this sound like something you've never heard before when Marvel or DC are talking about an event? Um, uh, where is it? Uh, take a drop for the Where is it? Oh, I've just read it before. After this earth-shattering event will impact every corner of the Marvel universe, and almost all your favorite heroes will be drawn into the fray. I mean. I'm pretty sure they use the same template. I swear down that I've heard that a million times before. It's bollocks. It won't because at the end they tie it all up and everyone can just crack on. So I mean, can... really, what happened with Secret Empire? We got some breaking of status quo with Captain America, but then it returned to status quo because some weird... Black Widow was dead, but then Black it Widow turned was out dead, she but, wasn't but, but, No, dead. she's back. 
fight. Things change for about half a year, and then they get back to normal. Yeah. And um, you know what Tom Taylor did with deceased and the DC universe there. He did it in an Elseworlds setting, and he pretty much killed every fucking one in that universe, and it was brilliant because you didn't know what was going to happen next. Yeah. Killed off Batman in the first issue. What the fuck? Yeah. You know, like letting him loose on the Marvel universe like that is going to be so much fun. You he's know. like he's like becoming my new favorite writer. Oh, he's, he's definitely my new favorite writer. Anything that his name's attached to, and I get all Jeff Johns giddy. It's, <laughs> it's that kind of, and I'm so happy that he bats for both teams. You know, he he's worked something out. I he's don't know bisexual. what I don't know what he's done, but he's he's working for both the big two. And please keep it that way yeah. because I want his his work in in every every character in my life. You know, so that was exciting. That's why I said to you. Marvel have dropped the mic first week on Free Comic Book Day. You know, it's just... That's it now. (laughs) That's all you need. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, So, before we go into our Joker book, I want to talk about this uh, Origins of Purple Man uh, True Believers reprint that I picked up. Okay. Um, So, it's a reprint of issue four of Daredevil. So, this is the original cover. I've just posted this on my Instagram, at Chris J. Wakefield, if anyone wants to... Have a look. I've posted some of the panels. You can swipe through them and and look look at what we're looking at. Um, so that's that's how they've uh, that's how they've repackaged it. They've got rid of the Daredevil and put Purple Man in big letters. Yeah. For some reason, criminally insane Purple Man. The criminally insane Purple Man. Now I was expecting an interesting explanation as to why this dude is completely purple and has one of the most insane superpowers. And one of the creepiest things we've ever seen on screen, the Jessica Jones Netflix show. Yeah. Um, instead, towards the end, you get like four panels where he was like some sort of spy, and he was in like a like a like a government top secret place, and he got like nerve gas spilt on him, and he, it turned him purple and, and made people suggestible to the things that he said. Yeah, because it's like it, it, it emulates off of him. Yeah. So like, that, that that's, what they, that's what they said there, in the show. There it is, right there. Oh Top. yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of weak. Um, and then what was even weaker was the way that Daredevil thwarted him. He had um, like a a cape, uh, some sort of like plastic sheet in his in his staff, and he whipped it out and like yeah pulled it round him like the sheet around he it. He cellophanes him essentially, and so it makes because people aren't exposed to his purple skin. That people aren't like susceptible to anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, really weird. You, so you're telling me after all this time, the way to defeat <laughs> Purple Man is just to just get a duvet. <laughs> it's really weird. I mean, it's Stanley at his finest as well. This, I mean, read <laughs> just on the on the front page. They've got like what they usually had, where it was like um, a cut scene to something that happens in the middle of the issue, and it's like. Why is Daredevil in this scenario with the general public angry at him, you know? And then there's a little um, panel here uh, saying, No faithful friend, so I want you to read this out in Stanley's voice. In Stanley's voice? <laughs> oh, God, I haven't done a Stanley voice in a while. <laughs> Hello, true believers. And that's terrible, Bob. <laughs> no faithful friend, your eyes are not deceiving you. Daredevil is being threatened by a crowd of average citizens, people just like you. But before you turn this page to begin learning why, let us caution you. You're about to meet possibly the most offbeat, 
Fallout, Ding Dong, Rootin' Tootin', Crackerjack, Supervillain, you just ever did see. I mean, on the front it does say, a power which none are able to resist, none save Daredevil, the sensational blind swashbuckler. <laughs> oh my god. <coughs> oh, Stanley. Oh, you need a drink. Do you want oh. to get your drink? Mm. I'm fine, just don't make, me do that. don't make me do that voice again. I'll make you read something else out there. I want you to read out oh. the uh, the last panel. The last panel. Um, again, posted it on my Instagram. If anyone wants to have a look at this, uh, at Chris J Wakefield at Chris zero. J. Wakefield. Is it? No, that's Twitter. It's just at Chris oh. J Wakefield on Instagram. So we've got Foggy and um, oh, what's the girl's name? Damn it, Karen. Yeah, Karen. Yeah. Is it from the show? I can't see. Yeah. yeah, and they're watching Dead. They're watching Matt walk off. So just read out what they're saying about him. It says, "There goes one of the greatest guys in the world. It sure is a pity he's blind." And she says, "And yet, for some strange reason, I sometimes feel he sees more than any of us. I guess I'm just a silly female." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stanley! <laughs> I guess I'm just a silly female, and that's the last words in the book. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, so I just I enjoyed that for the wrong reasons. I think, <laughs> um, and I also really dislike his yellow costume. Was yeah. that his first costume? Yeah. So back in the day, Daredevil was drawn yellow. It didn't last. If yeah. I feel like it was, and uh, what they did was they made him have a red costume. But there is a comic by Jeff Loeb called Daredevil Yellow. Yeah. And addresses the years of him dressed in yellow and why he changed to red. There's also a part in this. So it's issue four, and he's already having second thoughts about the hood that he has on his costume. <laughs> so they've gone, hang on a minute, that's stupid. So he used to have a red hood, and like someone grabs the hood and rips it off him, and he's like, ah... Oh. I guess I shouldn't have a hood anymore. This is kind of like... Well, why does he have a hood when he's got a mask? Apparently, it's like a Spider-Man thing. He puts his civilian clothes in there. So, like, your Spider-Man um, did, like, a wedding backpack, didn't okay. he, at one point? Uh, civilian clothes, but he wears suits, though. Have you ever tried to th- fold a three-piece suit? <laughs> it does not fit into the hood of a hooded... Well, of a hoodie. <laughs> the hood of a hood. So, yeah, that was that. It was funny. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Joker 80th Anniversary. 100 page super spectacular yeah. from DC Comics came out uh, I guess a month ago now or something yeah it's about a few weeks yeah um, it's got June 2020 on there yeah uh, but yeah this was a $9.99 book mm-hmm. the latest in the special editions have been bringing out there's been a Robin one there's been a Catwoman one um, and this was the Joker one, which me and JB were looking forward to, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, I liked it. Did you like it? I liked some of it. It's yeah. nowhere near as good as Detective so Comics, issue 1000. Um, so there's ten different stories in here, and yeah. a load of pin-ups. Um, something that I want to address, though, before we go into that, are these... Um, most iconic Joker covers, so they've basically like got these separating the stories, mm. and they've got Detective Comics um, issue sixty nine, um, they've got Batman issue two five one. Now they've got the date on there, which mm. is cool. But I would really like to see the artist name on there. Who did the cover? 
That's what I want to know. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. The Joker's most iconic covers. Yeah, uh, please tell us the artist. That is. Oh, hold on. Is it, not, is it not there in the in the inline there? See, so where it says pin up some variant covers. No, it's not there. The pin ups are something else entirely. No, but look, so variant covers. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, well, that's a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah, so that was just something that I noticed first off the bat. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. I was like, that's a bit shit. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the pin-ups, too. Obviously, my favourite was probably the Kelly Jones one. Yeah, Kelly Jones. Uh, I just sure. really like the, the colours as well there by Michelle Madsen. I hope they continue working together, because her colours on his stuff, especially on that uh, King of Fear. Yeah. King of Fear run, like, so nice. I love the contrast between, like, the, the neon colours and, like, the dark, gritty Batman vibes. It's so cool. Um... I also like the Fiona Staples one, which was weird. A lot of people like Fiona Staples one. I not so much. I'm not. I can't really specify why. It's nothing against her work. I normally like her work. It just didn't really do. do I mean, much for me. this is the only thing she's done. Like Stargate is not happening at the moment. Yeah. So it's like she just came out and did that randomly. I hated the John Romita Junior one, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I hated that. I mean, the way he's got like. Harley there in the background, just like as a second thought as well. Like, yeah. this isn't that good. What will sell it? Oh, people like Harley Quinn. I'll just stick her there in the corner. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, I, I actually really like the Tim Sale one. I'm a big fan of Tim Sale. Yeah, I think he's the master of shadows and shapes. Um, he did Long Halloween, which is a fucking brilliant Batman book. Um, what else? Oh, the Stephen. Oh, I can't say his name. The guy that did. Um, oh, Stephen. Stefan Sajic. What books did he do? He the, did the Harley one, the, yeah. the Harley Joker one, where it's like a Harley Origins one. I love that book. Um, but yeah, no, there's some there's some good artwork. But the stories... Let's go into the first story. Scars. Um, which is written by Scott Snyder, and the art is by Jock. This was one of my favourites in the book. I thought it was so Snyder at his best. Uh, just yeah. creepy horror story with some really haunting images. Um, and that ending as yeah, well. That it, ending with Joker under the bed. It's brutal. Melting his face off with his acid flower. Like, oh man, I yeah, loved it. Yeah, it, it was, that was, I was like, I read that and I went, okay, bar set. Now everyone's yeah. got to hit that. Um, so yeah, I liked, I liked everything about it because it's more, the Joker's not really in it much. It's more like one of his victims. and it, It's about the legend of the Joker and like, why people are so terrified of him and the shit that he's done to people. Like, I'm saying, like, he seems random and sporadic, but at the same time, what he does to people could almost not could be completely planned. Like, the woman who his hand was electrocuted was always afraid of lightning. Mm. Um, the boy made white and green was always afraid of being the class clown. And they're apparently not even his targets. But how is it both collateral damage and that well-planned? It reminded me of something from the Batman the Animated series. There's an episode where Joker, it's, it's, it just he does things randomly to people, but then he stays in their life f- for the long run. I can't remember what the episode name is, but there's a guy that he encounters. I think he like steals his car or something, and he's like, well, basically, you owe me now. So his whole life, he's like living on edge. He can't settle because he knows that at some point the Joker's going to turn back up in his life. And ask for that favour. Um, and that's what the Joker does. Like 
it's psychological afterwards you're, you're living yeah. with that that terrified that that fear of the joker you know what's he going to do next and, and stuff and and that's what makes him such a compelling villain because it's it, it stays with stays with the victims years afterwards you know yeah and it certainly will with this fucking fella that's got his face burned off yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so the next one was what comes at the end of a joke and this was by James Tilly in the fourth who obviously is writer on Batman currently and this is definitely tied in, meant comics. to tie in with the current run yeah well this is basically punchline's origin um, I you know I pretty much called it as soon as you see her on the at the start there uh, with a Joker poster she's basically a Joker fangirl and in fact I have that shirt that she's wearing um, <laughs> did you notice the name of the college uh Oh yeah, Snyder College. <laughs> Ever so subtle. And Mikel Janin is the artist on this. He did a lot of stuff on the the Batman run as well with Tom King. Um, it, I think it was a fine origin story. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I liked the part where she just Jokerized the, the principal basically, and then mm. it was quite creepy when you see Joker. He's been hiding in the closet this whole time, and he's just watching and pops out. He's basically telling Punchline that. She needs to ascend from groupy status and prove herself to be hardcore. I'm know. a bit funny about this character. Like, I just feel like they've gone. We've made we've let Harley go too much to being a good a good person. Let's give Joker someone who a bad girl who actually <laughs> wants to be. You know, rather than be an abusive relationship, she's actually wants to be in the relationship. She's actually evil. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't know if this undersells the Joker because one thing was he he has his own personality, so to find like to have there be another person out there like him, I don't know if that takes the edge off him a little bit. The thing is, though, Joker's always you know ten steps ahead. He's got a plan for punchline. I think she's going to die in Joker War. I don't think she's going to be around for that long. I hope so. He <laughs> he isn't there to. Make friends. Recruit a sidekick to replace Harley Quinn. She serves a purpose to him. Yeah. That's just who the Joker is. So. I also. One thing that annoyed me about this, and I've. Like, what does the Joker serum. Like, what. what Joker gas, what is it? Because. And I know what it is, as in, like, you use it on someone, they can't stop laughing, and the face gets stuck. But I've looked at this, like, the origin of Joker gas. What, where does Joker get his gas from? No, I can't seem to find this anywhere. Like, Joker just has the ability, this knowledge on how to make a gas that makes you laugh until your face hurt, gets stuck, and your heart stops and you die. In some cases, you don't. You don't always die. But I, I, Like I, Duke's parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I cannot, for love no money, find, like... Like, take Green Goblin. He makes pumpkin bombs because he's... But it, it was originally because he was looking to military grade weaponry, mm-hmm. and this was a, a project he had. There you go. You've you've got some knowledge behind it, Joker. Why can he make this gas? And he's got to have some scientists on the payroll. Surely, that's what I mean. it's just, oh, it's just so. <laughs> it's weird. not like Peter Parker that has the knowledge to make his his web fluids. You know, Joker. He's clever, but he's not a scientist. So. Mm. And then you've got, so then, yeah, I, that story was okay, but it, I feel like it was only put in there because... To sell books. To sell books <laughs> again, um, and to give a bit of background on this character that's going to be in the main run. So then we went on to Kill the Batman, which is by Gary Ritter and Greg Miller. 
art by Dan Mora. And this was a lot more interesting, more or less. This was like a what if. Yeah, what if, what if Batman died? And it was revealed, everyone came out and said, we know Batman was Bruce Wayne and that's all revealed. I thought it was quite interesting that the Joker really does like go, I have nothing to do it for. Like, I literally have uh, nothing to do. He plans to just do a terrorist attack at the funeral and then backs out of it. Because he's he's actually realises... He's the only one sad about Batman dying. Everyone's like celebrating his life, and he's actually really sad. He says, "What's the point of being the clown prince of crime if it's so easy? There's no fun in it. Who's supposed to challenge me?" Yeah, and I like I like that final page at the end. He works at the, goes to work at the Department of Motor Vehicles instead yeah. to make other people miserable. Um, that was quite a funny one. But that's what it was. That was a joke in itself. If you notice his lanyard around his neck, his name is Jack. Jack N. Napier. And then behind him it says, you don't have to be crazy to work here. But it helps. Yeah. No, I like that one. And so we had one really strong story, one which I was like, okay, that has to be there. Another really good what if story. And then we hit this. I fucking hated this. Everything about this story. I hate the art. I hate... Not to speak ill of the dead, because Denny O'Neill recently just passed, but it's not good. <laughs> no, it's shite. it's shite. I'm not speaking ill of Denny O'Neill, I'm speaking ill of his work. It's shite. Um, it makes no sense. So it's called Introducing the Dove Corps. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, I think I think it's just an excuse to have Joker in that killing joke outfit. Yeah. With like, the Hawaiian shirt. I feel like, like this is when... It's this... like, oh, this is what he was doing before he showed up to kill Babs, like paralyse Babs. Well, He's got his his, um, his Hawaiian shirt, his, his purple trill being his, his camera around his neck. Did you... I mean, have you ever heard of the, the, the story of when Kevin Smith is talking about... Um, when he was signed on to write a Superman film, but one of the first things he asked if he wanted to write was Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. No, I've never heard of that. Right, so yeah, Warner Brothers at one point were looking and trying to do something with Beetlejuice, and they were looking at Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. I feel like someone from that meeting came into this and went, what if Joker goes Hawaiian, goes tropical? And they're going, all right. So within the first page, five panels of the first page, where he's at a bank robbery... And for some reason, someone suggests, why don't you go to on a non-lethal military mission? So he goes to Guatemala. To test a weapon. And he's like, okay. So he then he goes to Guatemala, and this com- this non-lethal uh, force know who he is, and have let them come- him come on to join the non-lethal force. And none of them... <laughs> So weird. Oh yeah, and like the bit where you get the guy knocks the camera out of his hand, and I'm like, right, that will come back later on. Like he'll like shove the camera up his ass or something. <laughs> Nothing happens there. There's weird drawings, like the bit, the panel where he says, "I meant to say we're not killing anyone at all." That one just looks like he's ripped a fart. <laughs> like he's like, "Ooh, matron," I just didn't, I didn't get it at all. It just. This whole story makes no sense, doesn't it? Joker wouldn't... I mean, I think basically what it was trying to do was, you know, cover all the different eras of the Joker. Um, and Denny O'Neill was a classic Joker writer. Um, but I feel like he could have come up with something better than this. Yeah, I just don't get what the... There's, 
the ca- there's no art it's meant for to anyone. Be, it's meant to be campy. It's meant to be a bit offbeat, but this wasn't good. No, didn't didn't get that at all. That was the worst one. I think that was easily the worst one in this. Yeah, I agree. Um, so after that, it's called The War Within. It's by Peter J. Tomasi. He does the story and words, and Simone Bianchi is the artist and colorer. Um, really nice looking this story. Mm. I really like the art in it. I didn't really know what it was about, but I like looking at it. You know, I like the Dark Knight Returns reference there. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, I, I feel like it was. It reminded me a bit of um, Batman Damned, actually. You know, the the way that it's like paced and the way that the it's it's very much about the art, and then the words are sort of afterthoughts. Do you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't particularly have to be there at that scene. It's just about him, you know, in, his internal monologue. It or is it, it even is it even Batman? It makes killing joke references as well. Yeah. Like, to say like somebody dances in the pale moonlight. Like I feel like that's a reference to when he tells the moon the joke oh, no, in the moonlight. Yeah, it's not Batman's internal monologue. It's uh, Joker's. It must be Joker's. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like it's a dream. I feel like there's a dream sequence happening in the Joker's mind. I don't know. There's that, but that's what I like about it. It's very much open to interpretation, mm-hmm. and that's I enjoyed that. That was quite good. Now the next one, the last smile, written by Harley Quinn co-creator Paul Dini, and the art is by Riley Ramoso. Mm-hmm. I really liked this one. Um, this is Paul Dini at his best, in my opinion. Really interesting. Uh, and I love the art in it. I like the way that Harley got a little bit of uh, screen time here mm. in a good way. You know, she's at the bar drinking with Poison Ivy. But this scene is the one that sold it to me. Joker's having the nightmare. He's explaining that he always has this nightmare where he's sat in the electric chair. Um, and then all of these, like, all these Batmen just, like, gather around and laugh, at, laugh at, him. at him. And I, I love the fact that it's just, like, it's so creepy. It's weird. Just that, I don't know that, how... that page there, man. I love it. It's just so horror. Yeah, but I don't. It's weird because I got what well, I got at the story. Because like even Harley says I got sick of it because I was never in his dreams. Batman's always in his dreams. Yeah. But I don't know if I like that. I mean, I know Joker is secretly scared of Batman, but the, the idea of him having nightmares about Batman is weird. I don't know. I felt that can go either way with me. Depends how I feel. I don't. I don't not like it, but. It was good compared to the. It couldn't have been worse than what uh, two two stories ago. So this was this was one of my favourites. Oh, the uh, birthday bugs. So birthday bugs was another really good one, Tom written Taylor. by Tom Taylor. Okay, mm. so he did some good work here, and I really like the art in it as well. Eduardo Eduardo Risso, um, really nice, um, just like flat. I like the shadows, you know, I, I like the, the choice of colours. And it was, again, a really interesting horror-themed dark Joker story where he sort of befriends this little lad because he sees him, like, pulling the legs off insects um, and decides that, you know, because you're, both, you're my kind of guy, kid. Yeah, but the kid's showing classic signs of what a psychopath would do yeah. as a child, and he likes that, so he befriends the kid. And then tries to do everything to make the kids have a nice birthday, but does it obviously in the worst way possible by threatening kids, threatening to poison people, cutting off the dad's the abusive dad's fingers, um, stuff like that. It's quite it's quite morbid, and even like how the kid at the end is like, "You can have my torture books," 
and Joker's genuinely, genuinely like, oh, I'm, I'm touched, I'll treasure them, and I believe that. I think he would. That yeah. is right up his street, and then you can see that's why he he's befriended this child. Yeah. He isn't like trying to show a soft spot to the Joker or is badly written. Joker's found a genuine psychopath child, like, and he knows it, yeah. and he's just happy to accentuate that he wants more people like that in the future. Yeah, I really like that one. Both art and story. Mm, I know, I did. I think that one shocked me that. Um, after I had No Heroes by Eduardo Medeiros and Rafael Albuquerque. Uh, Rafael Albuquerque also was the artist on it. Um, this one, I can't really remember what happens. Is this about, like... It's got good artwork. Albuquerque can definitely draw. Um, oh, I remember this. No, I do. Um it's weird though like he Joker spurs someone but I don't I, I don't know if I really understood why he did yeah he, this this one just kind of flew by me I kind of whizzed through it and didn't think much of it oh that I feel like he that's it so the guy he's robbing the bank and the guy instead of he gets a chance to run out of an exit instead he grabs a fire extinguisher and tries to take them on and obviously fails and Joker kills everyone around him and says, like, goes to kill him and goes, why did you not run? Why would you, you, these people mean nothing to you. I get off a broken to your house and threaten your family, but I'm literally just breaking into your place of work. You could have just sat there or escaped and nothing would have happened. Instead, now, I've killed everyone and I'm going to let you live with that. And you've now got to think, in the future... Do I want to do that again? He goes, I've got a soft spot for heroes, but but he says, I like them because heroes die. And so he's like, think about that in the future. Do you want to be a hero? Because next time I'll kill you. I don't know if I like that, though, because it's like turning Joker into like a psychopathic Jerry Springer. Like, here's my thought for the day. <laughs> and trying to like educate fools. It's like, come on. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Joker would have done it for more... Like, for for more, I don't know, just more evil means. I feel like there was almost a good a good streak in the Joker there, and that didn't make sense to me at all. Um, Next one is by Tony S. Daniel. He did the writing and the art. It's called Penance. This one was interesting. I quite like this one. I don't remember this. So it's basically about this dude... Um, it, um, Joker's going around killing all of his men. He's like a crime boss, right? Um, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He ends up like... Um, he dreams, doesn't he? Is it a dream that he puts on the Batman costume? Yeah, he dreams like... In all yeah. his dreams, like, he's, he, he, he has the same recurring dream that he's Batman and he's going to take down the Joker and each time Joker just gets one up on him and kills him in his dream. And he's, like, saying... Um, like, he... He's, uh, uh, he's at that. He's saying this all to a vicar. To, like, to he's in, con- his he's in confession, and, and and in the end, it turns out that the, the, the you know the priest is Joker in a mask, and he just crashes through the confession booth and slices his throat with a razor. Yeah, and then puts a whistle in his mouth and says, "Whistle if you see anything, you know, unusual, you know, whistle." And then as he walks out, he's laughing, and there's a whistle coming out from the air, escaping from his body. Um, that was, yeah, well, I did like that one actually. It was quite cerebral. Like, he, how he, criminals mm. are scared of him. Criminals, yeah. like, are scared of Batman, but they're more scared of the Joker. 
And then the last one uh, is, um, speaking of Batman Damned, Lieber Mayho is on art and Brian Azrael is a writer. Um, this art is very different from what Lieber Mayho usually does. Yeah, it is. He has a painted style, uh, usually. But I actually really like this style he's doing here. It's like classic Batman, but with a really cool pulp horror twist on it. Really like it. Yeah, like now what's real and what's not in this is so hard to find. And to again, to though, out. with with Brian Azzarello, I I just I just didn't like the writing, but I really like the art. It's like oh, Dan. Really? Yeah, it it was interesting, but I was just too distracted with the gorgeous art to really care about I, anything else. I I liked it because it's like you get electroshock therapy, and. You can't tell what's real and what's not. And in the end, it's hinted that he perceives he's had a lobotomy as well. And you can't tell if that's real or not. There's, it's very... And then there's points where Joker looks like like he's having nightmares. And he's a shadow of his former self. But he still gets out and runs runs away by lifting a statue that the Bat- Batman couldn't lift. But again, was Batman even there trying to lift it? There's... There's a lot of suggestion. I like that. But that's it is weird how quite a few of the jokes and uh, jokes, a few of the stories in this were cerebral. Compare this to Detective Comics 1000, and it was like small stories mm-hmm. of Batman. I mean, it, it is kind of like, well, how do you summarize the Joker in ten stories? And I feel like they did a pretty good job on like having a good overall round view of the character. There, they dropped the ball a few times. I think well, the, the one with the, the even though I said I I don't remember it as soon as I read it, I got it back. The one with the gang gang leader I liked because it showed his presence on the streets. The one with having nightmares about Batman and how that affected his relationship with Harley Quinn, very good. Again, doing that. The one where the psychologist is tending to his victims and he explains how the Joker works, brilliant. Mm. But then you've got ones like I said, Joker goes tropical. And um, what was the other one that was a bit weird and all of that? You get well, you get then you get a couple that are just cerebral, like the one where nothing really makes sense. We just said we don't really know what happened in that. You like the art, and Brian Azzarello is not really sure what happens. Like the art, it could have just been a bit more for me there, like going like his interactions with other criminal, like other of Batman's foes. Or one which is specifically just a Batman and him story. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think what they're trying to go for is make it as Joker-focused as possible and don't have Joker's Batman in it. You know, like, you know, they had a guy dressed up as Batman, but it wasn't really Batman and stuff. It's it, funny, Batman it, doesn't really get a word in here. Yeah, you and, meant... and you, I think what they tried to do was focus on Joker's internal monologue, especially with that, that abstract one that... It had the Dark Knight uh, return scene and the Killing Joke one, but how do you do that with the Joker? It's a hard thing to, you know, vocalize his internal monologue mm. on a page. Well, the 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 one with Batman's funeral that was very good at doing that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, yeah. that, that did that really well. Yeah. And it's funny when you just say like, yeah, there wasn't much Joker in uh, Batman in this. There wasn't much Joker at all in the Detective Comics 1000. We noticed that. Yeah. And it's quite funny how the the in each respective anniversary issues, they're pulling those characters apart from each other, considering you would say in the main run, Joker has been 
Some people are getting Joker tired now by well, being used. They far certainly too will much. be after Joker War. That's for sure. We've got Joker War, and then the three Jokers because they've been using Joker so much. They've created three Jokers in a timeline. Yeah, yeah. Um, that video that I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Another thing it points out is some character. You've got this plethora of characters that just aren't used at all, other than Joker. Um, what was, our favorite was... Batman story of last year was. Uh, Kings, Kings of Fear. Oh, Kings of Fear. Because it used... Was that last year? Yeah, it was just last year. Yeah. Uh, and that's a Scarecrow focus on, because Scarecrow is a fantastic character. What I've been saying for ages, I want a Penguin-based storyline, and you were like, well, Penguin's a bad guy and Batgirl. Like, that's fucking great. But I want to see Penguin against Batman. Instead, all these characters... You get, you get a bit of Penguin in the new Batman run, but Tinian, yeah. Well, it better be, but I just feel like... That was a big thing about Joker and the the War of Jokes and Riddles. Yeah, Joker again, the Riddler, who I thought was written very boring. I just didn't really see him as interesting. And then all these characters are great, and they're just stood in the background doing nothing, doing absolutely nothing, and all and like other than Kite Man, which again I know that's what he likes to do. Does Tom King? Tom King loves Kite Man, but yeah. I just felt there was. The, the, the stories being told of these characters are far more interesting in like in other media and it's just not in the comics and it's bizarre Joker's been absent though for a good while after um, the after wedding End- wasn't he in the wedding of the he- he, well yeah he, he was I think that was his first appearance since Endgame actually because since then he, he went he, he wasn't because he was presumed dead right after Endgame after Endgame, he's presumed dead, but is what the War of Jokes and Riddles set... Oh, is that set before... Fuck me. Yeah, that's like a, a zero... A so year, chronologically... Zero year kind of story. Yeah, yeah, Chronologically, yeah. he has only briefly showed up for the wedding. Um, and I think that was only in, like... Was that a free comic book day issue? It was uh, waiting for an invitation. The waiting for the invitation was a free comic book day issue. And he did pop up a little bit, but it wasn't like massively. I'm pretty sure that the first this is the first time he's shown up since then. Um, But even then, I'm not entirely sure what Joker this is or like where's he been. I don't think that's been explained yet. Yeah. What? But one, one what thing, happened at the end of Endgame? I've forgotten. That. At the end of Endgame, the building collapsed. The building on him collapsed on them both, and they landed in that pool, yeah. um, which is like Regen- it's like a um, regeneration pool. It wasn't a Lazarus pit, was it? No, no. I feel like it was a for, like a form of Lazarus pit, but the the we're guessing that it brought Bruce back. And he, he didn't he didn't have his memories. That's it. It brings you back. It is a bit of a Lazarus pit, but it completely brings you back to like the regeneration and wipes your memories. Bruce used um, a, some tech. He had a copy oh, of his yeah. entire brain uploaded. Very Scott Snyder, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> for like in future he just backup like, Bruce on the iCloud. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, to put his all his. And you were back. having a go at the X Men stuff where. Professor Xavier's got like iCloud as well. Yeah, but it makes sense because <laughs> Bruce has a backup of like every idea he can possibly do. Um, whereas Joker has just yet to have his memories. He's just wandering around, as far as we know, yeah, thinking that uh, he's a normal person. But as far as I know, that's not been explained as to how he's just back being the Joker again now. But that's where the three Jokers is meant to come right. in to explain that. Because there's that Joker that's wandering around who doesn't know he's a Joker. This Joker that has popped up 
And then classic like, Joker. And then there's a Joker that's still... A, I mean, we had one in Metal as well. Um, yes, is that a that, different one? Yes, that's the point. So that Joker's a different one because how can the Joker be in a cage yeah. in, in Batman's lair when there's another Joker that he was battling the whole time? Because don't forget, these are both Snyders. So Snyder's yeah. wrote a Joker and he's wrote another Joker into his story there. So Snyder's created two and then Tom King or... Sorry, Tom King... No, because his one was set before. James Tinian's got a third one. Yeah, James Tinian the third. Yeah, <laughs> James because I feel like the one in metal. What happened to him? Did he get go into Arkham Asylum? It's fucked, man. It's fucked. Metal. We, just um, bring out jo- bring out three Jokers, please. We just need. It's it's coming. Um, in fact, you can pre-order it on Forbidden Planet. I wouldn't advise you to do that. Not because I've got anything against Forbidden Planet, but. I I do kind of on the way they, on the way <laughs> well, they handle that online orders. It's a fucking farce. I've been I've been using eBay. I've been going on eBay and finding independent comic book shops on eBay, and they've been so reliable. Like, are they based in scam, or are you using somebody else now? Uh, it's, it's various. Yeah. It's various. It's just like um, I just the one I just used to get. Um, the latest Immortal Hulk that took far too long that took a week oh really but then there's stuff I'm ordering and it should be I only ordered the other day I imagine it'll arrive in the next coming days it's been really good been really I use one called A Place in Space and yeah that's what I've, yeah A Place in Space is a good one so Three Jokers issue one drops on 28th of August and, and can you pre-order it from A Place in Space you can um, I don't know about A Place in Space you probably can if you can pre-order it on Fiddle Planet but there's Variant covers. Um, you've got that one, the Red Hood. You know. Oh, that's gorgeous. There's uh, a top hat Joker. That's all right. Uh, that's from a death in the family. Makeup Joker. So that's, uh, are they going to be the three different ones? I think so. Because well, like, there's another one behind bars. Yeah. Um, Joker with the laughing fish. Ah. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I want them all. Yeah, <laughs> I want them all. That's, that's the regular cover with the bloody crowbar. How much is, are they each? It's Jason Fabox. Obviously, it's fantastic art. They're the six pound thirty RRP. Oh, fuck me. Which is shit. Uh, but you can get them at a reduced price on Forbidden Planet. But then obviously you add on the pound for postage. Yeah. So Do you so really save? Is it six? So is there six covers there? I think so. So he's £36 pounds to get all them covers. Issue 2's got a Batgirl variant, which is pretty nice. That is pretty sick. Um, God, oh, and there's is... a Batman variant for issue 1. Oh! <laughs> Imagine all them framed together. Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. Why have they done this? When you think about it, if these were like pieces, if these were prints, if we went somewhere and these were prints to buy, you'd buy them. Yeah, you'd have to have the set, but, wouldn't you? Yeah, but... You said they're not just prints, they're full-on comics. So technically they're more value for money. And you're going, hmm, because <laughs> you just don't want it to be, you just don't want to be the, the bee that ran into that honey trap. That's it, isn't it? <sighs> but, um, yeah, man, where's where's Joker being? I don't know, it's, it's, it's a weird one. I feel like I'm more interested about the Snyder's one that's been walking around. And the, the one from Batman Metal. Speaking of metal, though, there's a new uh, metal that came out. What's it called? Some fucking ridiculous title. Is it death metal? It's death metal. I read issue one and it was pants, and I, I don't want any more of that shit, man. I can't do it. I told you Snyder lost it with metal for me. And you were like, I liked metal, but oh, no. then he did um, 
that Batman one that was meant to be his and Capullo's swan song. Oh, the last night on Earth. Yeah, I, I liked that. I didn't like that. I really liked that. I thought that was really so, good. Again, this is another thing where people getting Joker tired. That video fatigue. points out is like, yeah. what, what, what is he doing? Oh, he's walking around with Joker at the end of the world. Like Joker is been Joker used sells, to... man. I know, but you know who would sell? I reckon honestly, if he did like a a Mister Freeze story, that would oh, sell. Yeah. I I don't see why it wouldn't. Well, I'm pretty sure that um, Sean Murphy. Mr. Freeze one shot was a big seller. It was. Yeah. It was a thing. But again, it was just a one shot. What about if he did, uh, again, Sean Murphy, heavily using Joker. Um, what mm. about a Two-Face gangster, tr- proper gritty crime story? Mm. The, the All these Batman writers introduced brand new villains who will last for like a run. But, I mean, Bloom's never going to come back. Bloom mm. is not going to come back. He was quite interesting. Though. He quite was quite interesting, him. but he will not come back. Mm. And there's tons of bad guys like that. I think the only ones that... Snyder did invent a couple, so he didn't invent Professor Pig. Snyder. Did he? I think Snyder did that's, Professor that's Pig. That's a good villain, that. I you know, know what? Professor Pig genuinely scares me. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, it's like the noise and the mask. and it reminds me a bit of Leatherface yeah, in yeah, Texas yeah, yeah, Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Like, Professor Pig. Genuinely scary villain, that. And does he... This is on this... By the way, I'm, this was all on this video I watched, this album mm. video. It is really... It has opened my eyes up. But the, it, it's just like... There are so many good Batman villains and they're just not being used. Like... Imagine, as the video points out, if you have someone come up to you and say, like, oh, I just watched Batman the Animated Series. I really liked, like, Two-Face in it. What's a good Two-Face story that I can read? Where do you go? Not a clue. (laughs) Why? Why is that hard to think of? Other than you... um, The only ones you can ever think of are the big team-up ones. So, like, um, Hush and... I feel like well, no. Some people come in the long Halloween a bit, but that's more gangster based, isn't it? Gang based. Um, but yeah, it's just it's bizarre. Why why are these villains just not being used at all? The good villains. Scarecrow was in each one of the Nolan films. He's the main villain in the first one. Yeah, it was a good one. That. Did you read um, your pick of the week? On Talk Nerdy. Which one was that? A Man Among You issue one, that like image pirate, no, I didn't. pirate girl I didn't one. in the end, <laughs> actually no. pretty good. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, and before people go hypocrite, I do just try and... <laughs> I try and suggest new number ones come out, and I'll have a look at like the reviews in them and the previews, and I'll take a And plunge. then you'll ignore that altogether. No, again. no. Consider it, <laughs> consider it like me being... I'm I'll trade weight on that. On, on the, yeah, I trade weight, <laughs> but consider me to be like on one of those stock exchange channels going, and this is my lock of the week. You should invest in this comic. I just got, I get good feels. I'm not like there is certain YouTube channels out there I watched where at the end they go, here's the buy list, and oh, your pull list or whatever, and they are reading part, pay, word for word what is on the promo of it, and I'm looking at comic going. That one, that's gonna be crap. That's gonna be like death. I think death metal. I was on a list I watched, and I was like, death metal number one. The guy's like, this will be, you know, this could change the face of the DC universe. I'm like, no, it's a, just another piece of shit. Why are you recommending that when there's some really good like indie number ones? That- you know something that really annoyed me about death metal issue one as well. Go on. Was this a they- tattoo of Wonder Woman having <laughs> tattoos of herself on her <laughs> <No>. arm? <laughs> but that was ridiculous. Um, 
No, it, they mentioned the the doomsday clock thing, and then basically said, "But that doesn't really matter." What? Yeah, I was like, "Hang on a minute, is this Snyder like coming to loggerheads with like Jeff Johns or something?" I don't know. I feel like there's more going on behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, man, like, like this is something that I've been watching. I don't understand how Jeff Johns can write such a mad story like Doomsday Clock and then finish with a really big thing like we've tied everything together and the Justice Society of America yeah. are back and everything and nothing's been done with this yeah. story. Like, But then Snyder, Snyder mentions it. He actively mentions it by saying, um, oh, for a while uh, this Dr. Manhattan dude was fucking around with things. But he essentially said, but that doesn't really matter anymore and I'm doing this thing with like metal now and it's just like what oh, <laughs> it's, it's dc as much as like you can hate marvel for having an event every other month like that is going to change the marvel universe yeah. but doesn't the one thing i give marvel is the consistency of not falling apart behind the scenes like with the universe daredevil is still i, I that's why we're reading immortal hulk daredevil captain marvel um, what else am I reading on that? I feel like there's more. I'm picking up Ms. Marvel. I haven't read it, but I'm still picking it up while I'm catching up in trade. There's tons like that. And they've improved the paper quality because that was one of my main gripes, wasn't Have it? The, yeah, yeah, Having yeah. Having yeah. ink all over my fingers and it's smudging. But I've got to Spider-Man. say... Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So Spider-Man. It's been great again. Um, yeah, I'll give them that. I mean, something that was exciting, actually, I, I watched um, like a little 10-minute... Um, preview on Disney Plus of the new Marvel shows that are coming out mm. um, and it, it, I think it was clipped from the con where he announced everything Kevin Feige and he brought members of the cast on stage and stuff and then at the end when he was like and we've got these other three shows that we're going to do Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk and the way he said what he said about Miss Marvel was she's going to appear in the movies as well Yeah. So, but he didn't say that about Moon Knight or She-Hulk just Miss Marvel. Yeah. So she's going to make an on-screen debut in the TV show and she's going to make her way for into, definite into the Marvel movies, yeah. into the MCU, well, which is a, big. Isn't she the main character in this Avengers game? She's like a main character you can play. Oh, a video game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. So they, they, she's one of the main characters that she that come like yeah. when the Avengers falls, it's, you play as her. I think they really try to push that character, which is important and good. Yeah, well, you know how I've, I've been... I've been Kamala Khan crazy since like day one. I think she's a great character. Um, yeah, I've, what, have you? Have we got time to talk about what we've been reading? I think we could probably wrap it up there. You know, all right, what do yeah. you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I've, I always think that if one of two people thinks you should wrap up, you should always respect that person's wishes. <laughs> there we go. Uh, consent is important, <laughs> and uh, safety. Safety first. Safety first. So I hope you're doing all well out there in this crazy coronavirus world um, and thank you for listening and hopefully we'll do another one of these soon yeah um, we will because if it, I can just drive down again and we can do this and, yeah. and comics are coming back out again and I'm buying them and we'll have much more to talk about I imagine have you read um, Kingdom Come yet I have not read that yet but it is on the top of the pile it I've not read Saucer country either oh, well, so <laughs> but hopefully we'll do one of those next time yeah, i feel mr miracle took up a lot of my time yeah. and like i said it was just like ugh, it was it was it was trying at times it it was all right but i just don't see why that got his career 
to take off. And I can't imagine picking that weekly or monthly, whatever issue by issue, I would have dropped that in a heartbeat. Mm. I don't. I, but then I put up a picture of it on my Instagram. So if you go to at uh, JB's Comics Block, what is it? I J- J- <laughs> JB Comic Blog. Is it JB JB Comic Blog yeah. on Instagram? I always post what I'm reading um, before I read it. And in the comments, a few people put, "Oh, this was one of my favorite." Um, oh, it's pickups. critically acclaimed. This is yeah. one of my favorite pickups. It won awards as well. Yeah, and I, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm really. It's just it's just dead hipster, isn't it? Really. Yeah, I think there is. <laughs> I mean, Mister Miracle is a. Am I I'm missing? Am I missing something? But it is it. His power is he can escape from anything. Yeah, pretty much. Does he have like super strength? Even it says he's I, a I god. Don't, I don't think so. I just didn't get. Well, what I mean, he's. He's got to have some sort of different... He's not just a human, is he? He's, yeah. You know. I just didn't get, like... I didn't get what his powers were. It seemed to be so secondary. Which is fine if you can make, like, a good Superman run is or, or any good any good superhero run is where you make it about the character and the character's development and the superhero stuff is almost background. That's fine. But it was so background, I just didn't even get what he could do. And it seemed just like... It, it just seemed like a guy walked around in a costume. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think he took, as, as Tom King does, he takes an obscure kind of C-list character that doesn't have much... Uh, well, he's got a backstory, but do you know what I mean? He can fuck around with what he does with him and the companies yeah. aren't as arsed, i.e. Kite Man. Um, well, even... And he, he, you know, puts his own slant on it, so... I feel like he was held back from doing because the way the story goes... I mean, spoilers, if you've never read it. If you've never read it, just mute this for like five seconds and then turn back on. But spoilers, it kind of makes out it's in a separate universe. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's all a dream. It doesn't yeah, really Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Yeah, so have you got anything to plug? Um, go on to talknerdy.uk where you'll see, this is going to be a plethora of podcasts this week. You'll have this podcast... You've got a new episode of Talk Nerdy, um, Talk Nerdy to Me, which we talk about films that ne- were never quite made. So we talk about in detail that uh, Superman Lives um, and other movies like a Green Lantern movie with Jack Black, stuff like that that never got made. But well, was it- as Hal Jordan. Yeah, listen to the podcast no. and you will find out more. Um, and we've got a new episode of Tell Me Again. It's a brand new podcast that's joined our family. It's Dan and uh, Dan and Pete talk about adaptations. So first episode was how Civil War, the movie, compares to the original comic run. This next episode is how does the Broadway musical version of American Idiot compare to the album? I feel that's the only time they've ventured into that area. They've shown me the line-up and there's more TV shows and films and comics to come. But yeah, all that is going to come out this week. Cool. And you'll be able to listen to a new episode of my podcast, Ask a Yank, with my American buddy, Field Mouse, yeah. from Leal Legacy. Um, that's coming soon. We've had a bit of a break, but we recorded a new episode last night, so... Keep your eyes peeled uh, on all the Leal Legacy socials when that's coming. And yeah, go and listen to all the past episodes of this podcast too. Uh, it's on Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify. Where um, do you find your favourite podcast? Yeah, at, at Chris's Comics Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Go and like and follow and stuff. And you can follow my personal account on Instagram at Chris J Wakefield. And that's about it. There you go. Join us next time.
Same same bat time. <laughs> same bat channel. 